0: One of the opportunities presented at Whitman College is the off-campus studies program that allows students to experience a semester abroad. Both domestic and international students have been highly interested in this program as it gives students the chance to explore a different country, learn new cultures, and study at other amazing universities all over the world. Entering spring semester, the fall 2022 study abroad students have just returned, and the spring 2023 study abroad students have just left to start their journey abroad. You're listening to the Whitman Wire podcast. I'm Audrey Martin, and I spoke to a few study abroad students this week as Nadir Ofsina from Off-Campus Studies Office to hear from them about the study abroad experience. To start off, I talked to Nadir Ofsina from Off-Campus Study Office about the program differences, cost and financial support for students, and the resources OCS provides for returning and currently abroad students. Okay, hi Nadir, thank you very much for speaking with us today, and can you introduce yourself a little bit?
1: So my name is Nadir Ofsina. I'm the new Assistant Director of Off-Campus Studies for Whitman College. I'm also a Whitman alum, so I graduated in 2016. 17, and I taught in China for a couple years and then uh, taught at some community college. And now I'm back at Whitman helping send students all around the world.
0: That sounds awesome. <laughs> Can you tell me just a little bit more about the study abroad program Whitman provides? Mm-hmm.
1: So we have uh, about 80 programs that we offer to Whitman students. Uh, most of them, I'd say about 98% are going to be semester-long programs. They are all over the world and they really do try to capture all sorts of academic interests different socioeconomic contexts we really try to diversify the program so that there should be a program that fits each student but we're always adding new programs we're always on the lookout if you don't see a program that speaks to you maybe maybe stay tuned or maybe set an appointment with us and we'll help you find some.
0: And year will find a new program for you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, are there significant differences between programs available in the fall and spring?
1: I would say no. Uh, I would say, though, that students should definitely consider things like the weather. I mean, it sounds very kind of simple to to mention, but... You know, if you go to a place like Copenhagen in the winter, you're not going to have a lot of sunlight. And so these are the things that students maybe don't think about uh, when it comes to deciding which semester to choose. But I think it's important to at least consider it.
0: How many students went abroad like in fall last year and around like spring this that just went
1: abroad mm-hmm. now? So last semester we had 17 students who went abroad, and this semester we have, uh, I believe, 89 was the last number I checked. So it is great to see our numbers rising after the pandemic. (laughs) It is really, really good.
0: That's a great difference of numbers. Mm -hmm. That's that's a lot of students. (laughs) (laughs) Are there like certain traveling costs that are covered by Whitman for study abroad students?
1: Yes. we When we work with students, uh, we include the estimates of the round trip international airfare when we submit uh, that data to the financial aid office. So depending on how much financial aid a student gets, typically their, the amount of financial aid they get for their semester abroad includes the estimated cost of things like airfare. Uh, now, there's not necessarily like a, a fund. We don't pay for the tickets in that sense, but there are means that that it has become a pretty easy thing for students to do um, to study abroad with that model.
0: Let's say that some students need more than the like expected financial support given by Whitman. Like are there like any options to get extra scholarship or like possible on-campus jobs on the program or yeah.
1: Absolutely. So what I would recommend is number one scholarships. Uh, mm-hmm. I I was also a scholarship kid when I went to uh, to Whitman, so I really love free money and I like helping other students get free money. Um, I've worked with many of my students on their essays and on their uh, scholarship applications. There's a ton of free money out there, and you know we our office will help get you there, but. At the end of the day, the student has to do the application. Now, besides that, you know, OCS, not only do we calculate the uh, airfare, but we also include the the estimated room and board for the destination, estimated meal costs, medical insurance, all of that gets bundled up into the estimates that students get for their financial aid when they study abroad. So usually, if a student is getting significant financial aid, they end up getting more their semester while they're abroad because of all those extra factors.
0: So all the estimates are already counted by OCS, so Mm -hmm. we just need to review it. And if we need more free money, we work for it with you guys. Exactly,
1: (laughs) exactly. Now, you did mention uh, the thought of on-campus jobs at other off-campus locations. Yes, That is really hard to get,
0: Okay. uh,
1: because different countries are going to have different laws regarding who can work there. The visas that our students usually get are just student visas, which do not cover those those employment opportunities that might be abroad That's why we recommend get a job on campus, uh, save up some money, and you'll be much happier.
0: There's possibilities of adapting, like difficulty adapting because of culture shock and everything like that. Does off-campus studies like usually provide resources for students who are already abroad?
1: Well, we do do a a sort of a big, what we call pre-departure orientation. And in this pre-departure orientation, we talk about things like identity issues, culture shock. Uh, That way, students are somewhat prepared for when they do arrive at their destination. Obviously, when a student's Abroad, and if they have any problems, they are more than welcome to contact us. They are still Whitman students. We still Mm -hmm. want to make sure that they are thriving and successful in any situation that they're in. But we do try to do most of that preparation before they go abroad. We would hate for a student to get somewhere alien and foreign and have them not be prepared for some of the shocks.
0: I see. Mm -hmm. So, what do off-campus student studies usually do for students that have just returned from abroad? Since like right now it's like very fresh, uh, the fall twenty twenty-two students mm-hmm. just came back I, I believe there must be like some reverse culture shock Back mm-hmm. at Whitman, like, yeah, is there any methods you guys do for that?
1: Exactly. And I think it might be worthwhile to kind of explore what reverse culture shock even means. Mm. Uh, you know, when students go abroad, they have a whole world and wealth of experiences. And when they come back, maybe the people who they were friends with on campus aren't going to understand those experiences and why they were so meaningful. And so sometimes that's, that's what students have described as reverse culture shock where Whitman students cannot understand the experiences that these students who have gone abroad have had. That's why we uh, host what we call uh, Welcome Back events, usually two or three weeks after the semester starts. And these are all the students who were gone the previous semester. We put them in a room together and we eat and we talk and we chat and it's a great time. Uh, And so that's sort of the initial re-entry. Experience that we offer for all students.
0: So there are some sort of like community gathering for people who understand their physician Who's just like came back been like to all over the world, right?
1: Exactly And it's really fun (laughs) when you have a table where one student went to Japan and one went to Ecuador and the other went to Copenhagen and all all of us are talking about what Japanese food was like in all those locations, right? So we have like this 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 bond automatically Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's why I think it's very useful to have those uh, welcome back events.
0: Yes, and Mm -hmm. also you, uh, that event could possibly like connect those students like who were abroad who didn't know each other before and when they have like struggles let's say they could just communicate exactly. with each other
1: exactly
0: let's say in the unfortunate event that the study abroad program for a certain student is cancelled or there are some problems with visa uh, how would the off-campus studies usually handle issues like this
1: mm-hmm. um, this is actually kind of a, an interesting part of the job where I have to be reading the news to anticipate what the effects might be for my students who want to study abroad. So for example, we recently had to um, kind of alter a program because of political unrest in a destination. Uh, So that program got canceled. We were able to work with the provider to offer the student an alternative program close by in the same region, obviously a different program, but at least that student will now have the ability to study abroad. So we work really hard to make sure that no matter what the curveball is, we will work with you to have you study where you'd like to.
0: So, like, there are other opportunities that can be open when some door is closed, and so students can feel, like, more at ease, I guess. <laughs> yes,
1: so we try to be as flexible as possible and really try to assist the student in any way we can.
0: I'm also wondering, since there are, like, students who are international and domestic students mm-hmm. that go abroad, are there, like, certain more work to be done in preparation for international students regarding their visa? Or...
1: I would say uh, the honest answer, yes. There are going to be more, I'd say, nuances to the visa application for an international student. In no way should that deter an international student from seeking to study abroad. I've worked with many, many international students and I'd say the majority of them have uh, been successful. So I'm I'm quite pleased about that. All
0: right, so there's a good track record there and international students shouldn't be like afraid due to that to try this opportunity. What advice would like study abroad and you personally give to students on how to make the most of their time while there?
1: I see. Uh I would say really push yourself and really try to involve yourself in whatever destination you're in. There's always going to be the temptation to congregate with either other expats or other Americans. You might you might finish your study abroad experience with regret if you choose to spend the majority of your time with expats and Americans. Each location is going to have its own quirks and its own unique traits. And unless you really invest the time to discover what those are, the world might seem like it's the same no matter where you are. I would really say involve yourself, get to know the local population, join a sports team, some activity that's going to be conducive to you meeting the locals. Uh, That would be my advice.
0: All right, so branch out as much as they can, like get adapted to the culture, explore the whole like surroundings and just get out of your comfort zone.
1: A hundred percent.
0: Is there like anything else that you would like to add before we end the interview?
1: I would just say that there are also scholarship opportunities for language uh, learners. So if you are learning something like Japanese, or Chinese, there are specific scholarships that may help fund your study abroad experience. So if you'd like some more information on that, please reach out to us.
0: Thank you very much Nadir. I had really, really much fun and hope like other students will feel inspired to do study abroad soon.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much Thank you.
0: Senior Timo did a fall study abroad program in Taiwan. I talked to him about how his experiences at Taiwan helped him learn more about their culture and languages and how he is adapting back to life at Whitman.
2: My name is uh, Timo Jimenez. Uh, I'm a, I'm a senior. My major is uh, Chinese. He's and I uh, went to Taiwan as part of the CET program, specifically Taipei.
0: I was just like wondering, what made you choose to do like study abroad in the fall instead of spring?
2: Well, it's a... Uh, well, it's a... Uh... It's a long and complicated story on why. I originally I want to go to mainland China like back in my uh, I sophomore okay. more junior junior years, but because of the pandemic and the CCP strict rules on who gets in, who gets out in terms of travel, uh, well, uh, eventually Chile, the, the original program was canceled, so so. I was stuck in limbo for quite a while until oh, no. <laughs> CT Taiwan approached Women with the Opportunity for students go to go t- to a national Taiwan university. And that's when I jumped on the opportunity by the time of uh, I was in my last semester of junior year.
0: I also like writing your blog that you tried some traditional dances class and like went to cultural places and anything like many more. Yes. Would you say like, what's your favorite thing you did there and like, why?
2: My favorite thing, my favorite activity there, even though it was, even though it was kind of started late, it was definitely the Taiwanese dialect class. Oh, okay. That's because I then, and learned how, I then learned how much uh, much the Chinese language, how much variety the Chinese language spans, Mm. and from, because Speaking Mandarin and speaking the Taiwanese dialect, it's like two different languages. That's
0: pretty cool then, because like you get to kind of apply the knowledge you learned in your major and everything when you were there. What would you say is like your overall experiences taking like classes at like NTU?
2: Uh, I quite I'm, i I mostly enjoyed the rigor of enjoyed the uh, rigor of uh, NTU's a CLD classes because. Mm-hmm. We had to speak entirely in Mandarin unlike in Whitman's classes where it's not that's not as strictly enforced. And other than that, it was a was it a great challenge to try to speak in, to speak entirely Mandarin even if I couldn't articulate some things but even the, but even then and outside of the class, I'm at least helping people improve their English because Taiwan has this 2030 bilingual English Mandarin program. So even if I can't articulate in Chinese sometimes, I'm at least outside the classroom, I'm improving uh, other people's English.
0: So that's nice. So like not only are you kind of like learning more about the language as well, practicing, you also can like help the people around there improve their language, English language for that. Yes. All right. Are you experiencing any reverse culture shock after coming back to Whitman? Like you've been in Taiwan for like a few months already in the fall, and now you're back here in the spring. Yeah.
2: Well, it's de- well, two well, two obvious things is uh, one is definitely you know how oh, the public transportation in the United States right now is uh, is really is real underdeveloped, loved and uh, isn't really maintained. And, and I could, and uh, in relation to that, the infrastructure of Taiwan, I wanna, in regards to its roads and sidewalks and traffic lights, the city governments there, actually take it seriously, to, to see, by fixing the sidewalks and not just that, for the traffic lights, not just the the crosswalks, but the, for the cars.
0: I see. So it's infrastructure and everything in Taiwan. You yes, in the in the, the
2: public transportation, mm. and okay. definitely when it comes to money, it's definitely a uh, rather inexp- inex- inexpensive. Like one dollar, one America one U.S. dollar is equal to thirty NTD, which is more than enough to buy. Which is more than enough at some street stalls to buy a whole bunch of food. Mm.
0: So the currency as well. It's like. A readjustment back to the dollar currency, which is like way higher in here with the inflation and everything, is also kind of like yes,
2: you know. even even with the inflation.
0: What is like one thing you would say that you miss the most about studying abroad? There is it like friends or like lessons or
2: it was def, well, it was definitely the acti- the activities, the food, and uh, th- and the uh, my language partner Evelyn, who she's currently part time English tutor and a student to you. You know, sometimes I still have contact with her through the line, so...
0: You mentioned your language tutor, so does that well, mean Well, no, like,
2: no, well, she's not, well not language, language she's not partner, language... partner,
0: I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, so did you guys have like, any kind of training together for like... Both no, language? we just...
2: No, no, they, they assigned us a language partner when I... So so CT assigns a language partner, and then we pretty much get our contact information, and then we plan meetings together where we where, well, it depends on who it, on what they do, but you know, but for me, we just usually we hung out around cafes, including a cat cafe one time, and we just talk about life. I fan art and different and cultural differences with a mix of English and Chinese.
0: Which also trains both of you for like both languages then. Now that we talk about what you miss, what's like actually one thing that made you maybe look forward to coming back to Whitman? Or if there's like...
2: Well, Whitman, it's definitely, it's, the, uh, it's a lot more accessible to me. But I think that's mostly due to the language barriers, yeah. is, to some extent. But I definitely miss it's Whit- Whitman's uh, culture and uh, its hospitality.
0: If given the opportunity, would you, like, perhaps want to go abroad again to study or, like, go back to Taiwan?
2: But I would definitely go back, I would definitely travel to other places to stay abroad, uh, especially within the within the overseas Chinese community and definitely I would like to go back to Taiwan and travel more and discover and maybe explore on my own and learn about more about unique Taiwanese culture and how that contrasts with China and everything.
0: All right. So like more traveling and learning more one last question from me is like are there any tips for you from you for like other returning study abroad students on like how to kind of readapt, you know, to like the Whitman culture
2: or just take a break, just when you feel like it, just take a breather, just, just uh, do. Just take a break whenever you can. If it's getting too stressful, we'll cope, cope however you need to cope. I don't really have any other advice.
0: That's a great advice, just,
2: though. Just make sure to take a break once in a while.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, uh, is there anything else you would perhaps like, like to add? Just like random comments also fine.
2: Well, I would like to... S- to say, hey, if you can, if you were, were to go, if you were to go to a foreign country, just if you have time, travel as much as you can, you can, and and try to find opportunities outside of the classroom.
0: Junior Tejasri is doing a spring study abroad program in Spain. I talked to her about how she's settling in Spain, culture shock experiences, and her overall starting explorations of the city and social life. Hi, my name
3: is Tejasri. I am um, a junior at Whitman College and I'm studying psychology with minors in Spanish and creative writing. I am currently studying abroad in Granada.
0: So yeah, uh, my first question is like, what made you choose to study abroad in the spring instead of like the fall?
3: Yeah, so with psychology, there are some um, requirements that you have to fulfill. Like you have to do the research methods class as well as like the statistics. And I could not do it before fall because I only declared Mm -hmm. my meet by the end of my sophomore year. So I needed like the fall to like complete those requirements. So I completed them in fall and now I'm doing a
0: spring semester abroad yeah how did you kind of like end up choosing the program you are in right now in granada
3: i had a lot of programs in my mind um i in the end i was confused between two in buenos aires argentina and this was Mm -hmm. the other one i like chose these like these two because i was also studying spanish and if i was going to do a study abroad i thought if i do it in a country that speaks spanish it's going to help me immerse more into like the culture um, as well as like learning a language by talking with people but then i ended up choosing spain because the buenos aires program started late it starts in march i think like messes up with my schedule do the Granada one and Granada has like a
0: lot of history, learn more about the history as well as like the culture of Spain. I agree like speaking, learning to speak a language in like their own country helps like a lot more with pronunciation and everything. Are there like any certain concerns you had before leaving since it's like very new and like do you have any like culture shock while you're here like for a few days already?
3: yeah i mean my biggest concern was that my spanish is not the best and i'm doing like a double abroad because coming to the us it's already like an abroad students like you are also a part of the abroad experience so you know that when i came to the us i knew english and so language is like a really important part of being abroad and speaking the language of that place but coming to spain there is that added thing about i don't know the language completely are people going to even like understand me when i say even like the basic Mm -hmm. things there was a lot of fear
0: about that. Since you're an inter- international student and you've already like experienced adapting to a whole different country first, like how are you adapting right now to another country? And like what what would you say is like the biggest challenges right now?
3: I think a big challenge, and I had this challenge even when I came to the US, but it's also when mm-hmm. I am, is that I don't know people like I have not I don't know anybody like when I went to the US also I didn't know anyone and then slowly over the course of like the past two years I've made friends and like good connections Mm. but study abroad is four months and in four months you have the pressure to make friends have friends groups socialize as well as like go out and see Granada like it's a beautiful city you want to eat Mm. food or you want to like learn the language you want to study in classes but also like you know experience the social life and there's so much pressure to do all of this in this
0: limited four months which Mm. i think already starting to feel have you started your classes yet what are the classes that you're you will be taking in Granada right now
3: yeah so i'm excited for my classes but i haven't started them yet i'll be starting on tuesday so in two days but i've been having my orientation which has been fun they take like spanish classes every day to bring us or immerse us in the like mm-hmm. language. We had like a trip yesterday to Ronda and like Setenil, which are cities nearby in Granada. So they're just like currently trying to settle us down. But my classes I'm going to take were architecture in Granada. I'm taking a cross-cultural psychology class and then a biology class for my bio credits. You cannot <laughs> forget all the credits even when you're abroad. I'm also taking a class at the UGR which is like the University of Granada so this is a good thing about this program is that they they let you take one or two classes in the university so I am excited to take that like one class with actual Spain Mm. students because all the other students are from the US like the program students are from the US so it would be nice to like um, go out and like talk to Spain students and understand how they live their lives here like,
0: after a few days being there, like, what what have you been like? Did you do any interesting activities? Did you try any, like, delicious food that is, like, new? Or I think Spain has a lot of good
3: food. And I've been really enjoying the good food. At lunch, they give you, like, two courses of, like, meals. I've been trying, like, bocadillas, which are, like, st- uh, sandwiches. Empanadas, which are, like, these fried dumpling kind of things. Not dumpling. It's, like, a fried thing with stuff in it like the last thing i tried was like vegetarian so it had basil leaves potatoes and tomatoes and stuff and then a lot of tapas tapas is like huge so there are different kinds of tapas and they're really really cheap that's some interesting food that i've been trying yeah but everything's very
0: tasty you're making me hungry now but okay that sounds delicious is there any anything you miss about Whitman already right now
3: oh that's a good that's a good question (laughs) I'm not sure I miss a lot because I'm in my initial like stages of oh yay I'm in Granada Mm -hmm. let's go out let's like look around i'm sure like when that like the initial yay i mean another dies down i'm going to start missing whitman but in right now i do miss like my friends and my boyfriend like i miss the people in whitman who like make whitman special but currently i'm trying to focus on where i am and enjoy this moment
0: one last question like do you have any tips and tricks for like other study abroad students or future study abroad students on how to like adapt and like just make the most of the opportunity you're given
3: i would say you should like do your research about where you want to be and what you want from the program and then like it can be hard to choose because there are really good countries around the world that you could be but if you know what you want from the program for example i wanted deep spanish immersion into the language and so this program was good for me so do your research about what program you want um, And I would, I would encourage people to take a semester abroad because it's going to help you be outside the U.S. and get another perspective into academia as well, like how people live outside the U.S. I think the U.S. can be like, it can open doors sometimes, but it can also feel very limiting. Being in Spain is like helping me understand how people outside the U.S. can be and how language changes a lot of things. So it's a fulfilling experience no matter where you go, I'm sure. So I would encourage people to seek that option.
0: Junior Mia is doing a spring study abroad program in Ireland. I talked to her about how she has been adapting to a different study and social culture on campus, her changes in study habits, and the extracurricular activities she has participated on campus. My name is Mia. I'm a
4: junior anthropology major, religion, and psychology minor, and
0: I am in Galway, Ireland. What made you choose to study abroad in the spring instead of fall? And like, how did you end up with the program you are in right now?
4: Sure. So there are a lot more options actually through the Whitman Study Abroad Office for the spring. So basically, my program was offered in this thing and I took that opportunity. Sorry, it's really
0: late here. Do you mind repeating the second question? that? You oh, asked? yes, that's totally fine. Uh, like, how did you end up like choosing the program you are in? Like,
4: Oh, yeah. No, of course. I grew up listening to a lot of traditional Irish music. And I've always had this like kind of infatuation with Ireland. Um, I'd never been, but... I decided Galway is the best city for live music and so that's kind of how I based my decision and I'm so glad I did because there is live music every single night in town at like five
0: different places so it's been pretty. I guess your classes must have started there and like you're settling in already since it's been like a month plus. So yeah, what classes are you taking right now? And like, yeah, how do you feel about those classes like going in the first month? So it's really different here. University of Galway is a big
4: university. I think there's like 18,000. I would say most of my classes are held in really big lecture halls, which is not what I'm used to from Whitman. So I'm taking a lot of Irish Celtic studies classes. So I'm taking Celtic mythology and I'm taking... Irish language classes. And I'm taking a imagining modern Ireland culture class. So all of those are really fun to kind of like get to know the area that I'm in. And then the other classes I'm taking are related to child studies, actually, because Whitman doesn't have a child studies department. And it's something I've always been interested in. So I'm taking a class on children's picture books, and I'm taking a class about philosophical thinking with children. So it's been really fun. The thing about is that you take six courses and they don't meet as often. And so I know that sounds like it's harder, but actually yeah. um, my workload has been so much more chill. Like I don't, all the readings are suggested, which means, so there's not as many readings, not as much assessment. I think for a lot of my classes, the only assessment is the final exam. Um, I feel like I'm on vacation a little bit. I know I probably shouldn't be saying that. But I have a lot of free time. And even in terms of how much time classes take up during my week, like
0: I feel like it's a lot more relaxed here. Since you're a domestic student, so like would you say like, did it take you like some time to adapt to like a whole new culture, a whole new country since I believe this is like your first experience in like studying abroad away from like home culture and things like that? Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, Ireland is pretty similar in terms of like, okay. what food is available. Obviously, everyone speaks English. And, you know, I'm, I'm finding it pretty easy to get around on public transport. So I think there's a lot of students who are probably having a really different experience in terms of culture shock and adjustment. But for me, at least it's like the little things. I mean, all the brands are different. So like, you know, can't go to Safeway, I'll have to go to like, <laughs> Aldi or Tesco or something like that there's like little things I've been getting like this guy in the sandwich line at the campus bar which by the way Whitman could never do campus bar <laughs> like there is a campus bar here okay um, that serves drinks to all the students it's kind oh of oh my weird. gosh they sell food too and so I got in the sandwich line and I made two mistakes because first of all the guy behind the counter said you okay and I was like yeah I'm fine like I could <laughs> not look okay and He's like, no, that's like, I'm asking for your order. And I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. So, that, so that's something that, and then, and then I ordered arugula on my sandwich, which is not, it's called rocket here. So there's like little tiny things that I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I got to adjust to that. But for the most part, things feel really familiar. It's also interesting because I'm living with American students right now. So I think in some ways that's made the adjustment easier and honestly maybe has been the bigger culture shock because they're all from university Wisconsin Madison. And I would say adjusting has been pretty, pretty easy. And it, all the little things that I encounter that feel different are just kind of silly.
0: Since you mentioned that the classes are like way different, there's 18,000 students compared to our humble 1,000, 2,000 students at Women. Like, yeah, yeah. would you say that um, there are like any specific challenges with adapting to bigger classes, class sizes, and like professors' office hours? Like, how is it like different? And yeah.
4: Yeah, um, good question. I would say one of the biggest adjustments here is that for a lot of students, their grades and GPA don't actually count their first and second years towards their final. And professors don't take attendance too often, which means that a lot of kids here, a lot of students here spend the week days going out and, and, often skip class and and then they go home on the weekends which is just total reversal from what I've experienced at Whitman but yeah I would say there's definitely a culture of like not taking class too seriously and not worrying about missing class or anything like that And that's probably probably just part of you know being anonymous at a big university I think I would feel a lot more comfortable skipping class here than I would at Whitman not that I am skipping class by the way <laughs> but it is kind of fun to be anonymous in a way like to walk into the library and not know everyone
0: not know anyone so it's like a, basically you need to be like a little bit more responsible with your schedule it's like your own accountability um, like um professor won't probably won't notice but it's just like your own style i see okay that's exactly right yeah without those extra kind of importance on like attendance and everything like that do you feel like there's a certain change in your how you study like compared to when you were at whitman like personally your personal study
4: i've maintained a lot of the same study habits i have at whitman but i mean just the amount of work is so much less i think part of what motivates me at whitman is that my professors know my name and they mm are like invested in how I do in my classes and here it's a
0: little bit different and so I have to find different motivation. Over like one month here, like did you already had the chance of like partake in any like extracurricular activities or like any clubs? Because I bet in a university as big as that, there must be some activities like around.
4: Oh, yeah. It's so fun. So they call them societies here instead of clubs. So there's a big societies fair. I joined one of the things that was really interesting about that was I was going around to all the political club societies and kind of getting a vibe check on all the political parties here because there's like there's so many and it was really interesting to kind of talk to the student representatives about that but I joined the mountaineering society which is really fun and last weekend I went on one of their trips and we went to Connemara National Park I thought it was going to be like a nice little day hike it was definitely mountaineering there were no trails (laughs) it was straight up and straight down um, like climbing mountains, scrambling up these like bogs I don't know it was crazy but the fun thing about mountaineering the mountaineering society is that after every trip they stop at a pub oh. and so we went to this like pub in the middle of nowhere Ireland and got toasties which are like little grilled cheese <laughs> sandwiches and people got pints of guinness and it was yeah it was a great time and then next week i'm gonna join like the dance society and also volleyball and i don't know it's kind of fun to just because everything you know they welcome beginners here so you're gonna just do (laughs) everything and it's a huge thing. Like people's social groups, I think, are mostly based on which societies they're parts of. So it's huge. Here, oh, yeah.
0: Just like one last quick question. Like, do you have any tips or tricks about like adapting to a different like study culture or like different country? And if there's anything else you'd like to ask, you can also add it here. <laughs>
4: um, I think my big tip would be to get a routine in place right away. Because one of the most amazing things about study abroad is it doesn't feel like travel in the sense that like you have to get up and tour every day and and like you don't have your your ritual like you don't have your I don't know whatever your workout or your normal meals or whatever what's really cool about study abroad is like I feel very rooted here like I set up my room and you can see I have my like little twinkle and I have some cards from my family and like it, this space feels like mine there's this beautiful river trail that runs alongside the university and I've been going on runs there and I've been cooking good meals for myself with my roommates and so I really like I feel like I have a life here and that has been so grounding because that means I can spend my weekends you know going off to different parts of Ireland and doing the the touristy thing but but really I think rooting myself here and getting to know all the pubs in Galway and getting to know all the bookstores and the cafes and like I'm starting to recognize certain bartenders and like I'm you know like that I think what I really value but I mean there's a lot of different ways to do it some of my roommates you know are jetting off to a different European country every weekend and I'm like well I'm first of all it's really expensive but also you know like it, you get to see a lot, and there's a lot of value in that. But I think I would recommend really settling yourself and and getting to know the people around you in the in this like the beautiful spot in your area. Um, no matter how tempting it is to like. Go to Barcelona and
0: Paris and whatever. Thank you very much, Mia. Thank you so much. It was great talking with you. The Study Abroad program is a great opportunity to branch out of your comfort zone and explore a whole new culture. Study Abroad students could network with a wider variety of people, experience different traditions and events, participate in unique extracurricular activities, try delicious local food, and enjoy the beauty different countries have to offer. Not only that, students get to learn from different study cultures or try out big universities and many more amazing opportunities. Don't let fear of visa problems or adapting to new culture stop you from trying new things and take advantage of the study abroad program from Whitman because the off-campus studies office will always accompany you during the process and after you are already abroad. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a product of the Whitman Wire newspaper, publishing Whitman News since 1896. This episode's theme song is Take It Easy by the Wine Up Birds.
2: We'll see you next time.